Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Flute View Radio. This is Viviana Guzman for theflutview.com. Hello, everybody. This is Viviana Guzman, the Flute View Radio podcast. Reporting today from San Francisco, California, I'd like to invite my fellow co-host. This is going to be Barbara Cecil. And Barbara, you are live. Can you hear me? Hi. How are you doing? Yes. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Thank you. Oh, good. And... Okay. Let me ask for, let's see here, Fluter Scooter, you are live on the air. Are you, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. All is awesome. much better. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so today we are going to have a fabulous flutist speaking with us. Uh, this is Amy Porter. And she is also one of us, a Juilliard graduate. Let me just give you a little bio uh, on Amy Porter. She was first to gain international recognition by winning the third Kobe International Flute Competition in Japan, which led to several invitations to perform throughout the world. In 2005, she returned to Kobe Japan to serve as the American jury member at the sixth Kobe International Flute Competition. In 2001, she won the Paris International Flute Competition, combined with the Alphonse Leduc Prize for Outstanding Musicianship. A native of Delaware, Amy Porter is a graduate of the Juilliard School in New York, where her teachers were Samuel Barron and Jeannie Backstresser. In Austria, her teachers were Alain Marion and Peter Lucas Graf. After Juilliard, she held the position of associate principal flute in the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra for eight years before becoming professor of flute at the University of Michigan School of Music. She is the founder and past president of the Southeast Michigan Flute Association and founder of the popular workshop, Amy Porter's Anatomy of Sound. Amy Porter, welcome. Can you hear us? Hi, podcasters. Hi, Amy. Amy. (laughs) Bless you. I can't believe we got on. We did. We did it. (laughs) You know, I'm always telling my students, what can go wrong will go wrong. So just expect it, Uh, get over it before uh it even happens, and move on. So here we are, it's an hour later, and I'm so (laughs) glad that this is working. Yes, so are we. Awesome awesome advice. That is so right on. I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, otherwise life will be very difficult for you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I have to remind myself of that every day. It's technology. Exactly. That's, technology is weird. That's why I refuse to play with an iPad. <laughs> put my music on an iPad. I'm, I'm so scared of of things just going wrong, and then I would have to play from memory. 
<laughs> so why not just Kevin. do holograms and play with yourself, and then there's absolutely no difficulty at all. I think you're brilliant, Andrea. Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Speaking speaking of the Kobe competition um, in 2005, I actually we were actually you were there awesome. together. I, you were I, you were awesome. You were awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> I unfortunately, I think I the competition is not going to happen anymore? I, do you know any any more about that, Amy? Ladies, I'm happy to say that the city government of Kobe emailed me today. Wow! They, e- they emailed me back. Oh, they did. And they kind of made their point uh, that their city right now is sometimes wondering, what is this? You know, it's every four years, and and uh, it, it's there, it's so popular while it's there, and then it goes away. And their budget, of course, as all of our budgets, um, is suffering, and they're thinking of cutting it. And they really appreciated me weighing in as, you know, a former jury member, as a former contestant, and someone who, it, you know, where it mattered to me. Um, believe it or not, after that competition, uh, I was walking on the streets with my um, pianist. We were just ducking into stores and just kind of getting over everything, you know, there's always the the hours after the competition. And people were in the stores saying, hey, I heard you play. You know, they were trying to get out English. But it was just mm-hmm. an amazing thing where the city came out to support flute players. And it's such a wonderful, um, wonderful, wonderful thing that, that happens for us as, as an industry. So I kind of was really, um, when Emily Bynan emailed me, to please send a letter. I did it immediately, and I was really impressed that they wrote back within a week. So we'll see what happens. Well, I hope it continues. Cool. I mean, Kobe's a beautiful city. I was just there actually in the fall, and, I, you know, I think the competition is something that a lot of people look forward to. So hopefully hopefully that'll work out. But, yeah. yeah. Well, Amy, tell us about what's going on in your life right now. What do you have going on? Well, if I look at my calendar, um, (laughs) I'm actually still mentoring uh, one of my uh, wonderful students through a recital, which is on Saturday night. Uh, She's getting her specialist degree. So uh, I'm still teaching, you know, a few lessons this weekend, like um, to high high school students, that's it. So uh, they always come, one drives from Cincinnati and one drives from Midland, Michigan. And I'm doing that, you know, currently just kind of finishing up school and and teaching my regulars. And then I'm going to take off to Albany. And there I'm going to record The Trail of Tears by Michael Doughty with um, David Allen Miller. With the the Albany uh, Symphony. With the Albany Symphony, yeah. Okay. I'm playing that orchestra. (laughs) I'm sorry? I said I used to play in that orchestra. Oh, bravo! I'm so excited to uh, yeah. to, to meet yeah. the members there, and um, it's a good orchestra. A they're great at I'm, contemporary music. Yeah. It's wonderful. And their their uh, Grammy is uh, a wonderful uh, feather in their cap. So oh I'm really yeah, they deserve it to work with you know. them. Yeah, and David Allen Miller is is great. While I'm there, I'm being hosted by Yvonne Hansbro at the uh, College of St. Rose. Say hi to Yvonne. I will, and I'm going to play hooky for a day, and I'm going to travel to New York City for the almighty photo shoot where we all, (laughs) you know, you have to get all your ducks in a row. And I'm very excited because 
designer Cal Riemann is again going to uh, furnish the clothes for the shoot, and um, my management is, is on board. So it's going to be quite an exciting day, and I'll make sure to document that. Great. Who's the designer? Say that again. Her name's Cal Riemann, uh, K-A-L-R-E-I-M-A-N, and it's an, she's a great designer in Soho. And um, I was set up with her, actually, and by a friend. And if you notice, uh, you'll start noticing a lot of New York women walking around in her clothes. Um, and it's, it's, I'm just a huge fan. So if she wants to outfit my photo shoot, I'll let her. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Cal I'm sorry, R-I-E-M-A-N, Cal Riemann, R-I-E-M-A-N. So, yeah. For those of you out there, just, you know, go Cal ahead to the store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's important for flutists to be stylish. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't, you yes. know, I, I really laugh. trust the people that know what they're doing, so. Yeah. So that's what's kind of coming up for me then. Um, my niece is graduating from the, um, from uh, San Francisco State, so I'll go out there where I will see Viviana, I hope. Yes, in May. definitely. And I'll do a, a, a master class at Cal State East Bay. So that'll be fun. And then I'll come home and do the Anatomy of Sound workshop, which is just my favorite time of year. Uh, The Anatomy of Sound is June 6th through 9th, and that's um, my annual workshop. We're going to be 13 years old, and we're we're featuring Leon Baidi. I saw that. Tell Uh, everyone out there in Radioland about about the Anatomy of Sound and how you came to create this really wonderful, interactive, interdisciplinary uh, four days of fluting. It's fun. It's it's kind of me in a workshop. And I think if I were to give advice to, you know, the people out there about, you know, how do I do something in the world, uh, what I did was just take my education and turn it around. And back then, 13 years ago, we weren't quite talking about Alexander, uh, body awareness, all that stuff, as much as we should be in the lessons. Uh, right. It takes a lot of, you know, you've got, got to get a lot of information into an hour, and sometimes body work is not going to be the focus. And then the students coming in in pain, um, and I have not been in pain because of prevention. So I started the Anatomy of Sound in the Spirit of Prevention, and I decided that my Alexander technique study, the yoga study, and I know um, Viviana uh, has been through it, and all of you, the three ladies, have been through wonderful ways of um, dealing with either injury or prevention of injury, um, understanding our bodies as we play and the mechanism, and then realizing that everything that happens before a sound even comes out of the flute is happening in the body and in the mind, so we've got to control that. And, and educate ourselves. Awareness is everything. So I decided to include people who could help me give that information because I'm the first to tell you I don't know everything. So I just make sure I have good people around me um, giving good information, credible information. Mm-hmm. So I hired Laura Dwyer. I hired Jerry Schweiber, professor of movement. He's now retired, but he's coming back for us. And right. then uh, I had a guest. So I decided to just have rotate the guests every year. So um, that's our class. It's four days, and it's really for the adults. So I, they, you know, the the high schoolers have their own workshop with their own language and their own um, intentions. So anatomy of sound is really about focusing inward and making sure that 
you know, the person who wants to just play well in church can play well in church, and the person who wants to just play well out, you know, uh, in a in a club at night or in a jazz band. I, I've coached some jazzers. I've coached some teachers. I've coached um, just a lot of adult amateurs who just, after 30 years, they want to come back to the flute. I'm your person. So that's mm-hmm. what the anatomy of sound is all about. Mm, great. That's great. Sounds fabulous. Yeah. Well, yeah, come and- on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As I say, you can steal all our advice. <laughs> we play silly games. We do lots of fun things. And here's uh-huh. our lovely Leon Bidey, right? She's the world's nicest person. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. I, I know her. So from- she's, she's, she's your guest. Yeah. Uh, so but Go ahead. Every year you seem to have a different guest, though, right? I do. And sometimes they're composers. So you have composers and and flutist guests? Uh, Uh Uh-huh. I had had Tom Robertello with Martin Kennedy. I've had Christopher Taliendo with Marianne. And I've had had Ian Clark. Great. Great, and so everybody gets to play their music at the same time. So it kind of runs never the so gamut. Proud. Yes, I was never so proud of my workshop that when 15 people played 15 different Ian Clark pieces for oh. Ian Clark. <laughs> Great. It's like mostly Mozart, you know, mostly <laughs> Ian Clark. <laughs> Great. My, my hologram just recorded the Great Train Race in London last week. <laughs> Oh, wow. How fun. Yes. So you'll be seeing some of that soon with some um, holographic trains and steam and all of that fun stuff. So oh, he I will love, love, I love that. music. He yeah. will love it, especially. Yeah. So let's see. What other wonderful questions can we ask you? Let's see. Well, can I tell you about my trio? Because I don't talk yes. about my trio very often. Tell tell us about your trio. Well, it's it's called Trio Virado, and Virado yeah. means upside down. And we are flute, mm-hmm. viola, guitar. And flute. I am with two very wonderful young men who really are just the top of their field. So the guitarist is Joao Luis. He's one half of the Brazil guitar duo. So he mm-hmm. uh, he just got back from Cuba with Yo-Yo, cool. and the violist is the very fine Juan Miguel Hernandez, who began his career with Sphinx and uh, the Harlem String Quartet, and now he's mm-hmm. the violist in the Fine Arts String Quartet, the oldest, wow. oldest string quartet in our country. Yeah. So, so Juan Miguel and Joao and I were set up uh, like you know partners through our manager, who all of a sudden one day decided that. The three of us were perfect uh, in our personality, and we would work well together. And wouldn't that be a lovely combination, she said. So um, we've gotten a lot of composers to write for us, and we're coming out with our first CD uh, in a couple of months. It's called Mangabera, the mango tree, and it's going to be Latin. It's wonderful. And premieres, and yeah, just written for us. So who are the the composers that are going to be on the CD? So we have uh, Frederick Hand wrote a second oh. trio for us. So he's got a, already a trio, but we have another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piazzolla Tangos, mm-hmm. 
we've done, um, we're doing um, uh, Assad, you know, Sergio Assad, mm-hmm. Assad's brother. Yes. Wrote a piece. Um, let's see. There's uh, there's just wonderful big, uh, let's see, Brower, Leo Brower is going to oh, be on there. Great. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a massive CD that we recorded at the very, very end of the year, uh, the the, the the dark days of the year, you know, between Christmas <laughs> and New Year's, we the school was completely closed, and we we managed to record this album, and it's fantastic. So I'm excited to bring it out to the world this year. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to hearing it, reviewing it, if you'd like, and just um, giving it oh, as much uh, attention as we can give it. Great. That's fantastic. <laughs> So you know this this month our um, the the magazine is all about how flutists are such interesting entrepreneurs maybe because we all have to so we just wanted to ask you a question or two about that um, what do you tell your students now going forward as they're about to leave school in terms of you know being out there in this incredibly changing musical landscape. The very first thing I say is please go be the best you you can be. You can't be anyone other than yourself. You can't be me and I can't be you and we're just going to start there. You've got to start there. You've got to look in the mirror and say what am I good at? Don't forget my anatomy of sound story. I was saying to a a person in the lesson this is how the, the title came up it's the anatomy. I was saying, use the anatomy. I said, it's the anatomy of sound. Now, I wrote that down on a post-it note, and I stuck it to my computer, and it sat there for a couple of years before uh, somebody asked me to do a workshop, and I thought, let's just call it that because, you know, I have these things that are me. So you have to go to the plate with what's you. What do you do? So here's the thing, though. Entrepreneurship is a big word, and I'm wondering yeah. if it's not pressure-filled. So Mm, I always say to my students, actually, you have an obligation. Yes, you have an obligation to give back and serve. And if that's called entrepreneurship, fine. But uh, I call it, you know, making do with what what, what your gifts are. So if basically you take what you do, you do it well, and you start to try and make a difference in the world. If it brings you money, great. If you're somebody like the fabulous Kaori Fuji Eves who wants to begin her, you know, nonprofit and and for the future of music education in third world countries, developing countries, then that's your purpose, and I uh, that's who inspires me uh, in entrepreneurship. You know, it's uh, it's service. So. I would say, is there a niche that you can fill? Uh, if you look at a pyramid, uh, excuse me, a triangle, the top is full of people like almost like me, and we know a little bit, a lot about a little bit. And then there's the bottom of the triangle who just wants to know the basics, and they want to be educated in music. And if you have an ability to give to that base of the triangle, you can get out there and make a difference in education, you know, um, in, 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 the, in the schools, um, that's what I'm telling my students. So I look straight at them and I say, serve. And do it mm. the way you know how. And then if it works for you, you know, keep finding a way that makes you happy. Um, I'm also a big proponent of, do, you know, follow your bliss and uh, do what you love and love what you do. So I, I 
There's my answer. Serve. That's great. Beautiful. Great. That's great advice. Because um, entrepreneurship is a big word. It's a big word, and, and Daunting, it means a right? lot of different things. Uh, you know, it certainly means something very different in the world of music or, and the arts than it does right. in other parts of the world, uh, in, in other parts of the business world and the world in general. So, you know, what does it mean for us? Uh, right. It could mean a tax break. You could say, right. you know what? I'm, I have a lot of different ways of making money. I think I have a business here. If no one's telling you that, then you got to look at it yourself. That could be entrepreneurship. <laughs> right, you could right, say to yourself, right. like I did, all I have is my Mozart fluke concerto and a music stand. What the heck am I going to do? So I called uh, everybody I knew in Manhattan, and I said, hello, I'm a recent Juilliard grad. Do you have any reject work? <laughs> so they would hire me. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that was if that was entrepreneurial, fine. I just had to make money, so it could be about money, but it could also it should be about you and what you do best. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Amy, do you have Here. any? musical heroes or composers that inspire you that I mean I know about the the recording that you're about to make how did you find that composer oh well he approached me and said I'd like to work uh, uh, write your piece <laughs> you know, seven years <laughs> wow, to do wow. yeah and uh-huh. and he's not the kind of composer I can readily afford so uh it's right. a, a consortium <laughs> But he's in Michigan. Yes, he's in Michigan. Oh, my gosh. I pinch myself every day knowing the faculty here is just uh, that I'm working with them because they are just a prize-winning, Pulitzer Prize-winning, Grammy Award-winning, Oscar, Hmm. Emmy, you name it. You walk down the hall, oh, hi, oh, hi. You know, I'm just a flea. I'm walking around thinking, Okay, I play the flute. That's all I do, and that's the thing about Michigan is that you have amazing people uh, who inspire you uh, just by working with them. So that's who inspire me. I, I actually, you know, truth be told, my colleagues inspire me, and my students inspire me. And com- compositionally, I have to tell you, I have two students who are composers, and I'm going to be featuring. I'm so inspired by one of them. I'm featuring her piece at the NFA convention in Washington. Wow. Cool. And I ran I ran into some issue. It was funny. Uh, my manager asked me for a program for the for um a uh, a chamber music series in a, a a town somewhere out there in America. And the presenter came back and said, "Why are you playing this piece or who is this composer?" And and when I looked them up, they're a student. And I said, "Yes." And that made me even more adamant because this student, her name is Nadine Discant Miller. She was a student of Paul Schoenfield's when she wrote this sonata. Oh, really? And it, oh, oh, and, okay. And so, so he, Paul Schoenfield, dear Paul Schoenfield, mm-hmm. professor of composition and rabbinical studies, sits yes. at the piano and accompanies Nadine on the premiere. And then all of us start to play it. All the students are saying, well, gosh, I'll play it. So I'm bringing you, Flute Community, a really great piece called They Move Well, No One Watches dances and they're all about it, there's four movements called one two three four <laughs> she started to name them and i was like oh what's the name of that it's all about inanimate objects that dance around and move so mm-hmm. they they move while no one watches 
gigantic. And I said, what is this? And she said, well, you know what? Fred's Porter, I've decided not to name them. I'm just going to let people decide. And if that's not inspirational, I don't know what it, you know, I could say, oh, Prokofiev inspires me, but I think Nadine's inspiring me right now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's people like my colleagues, uh, Michael uh, Breitsheng, mm-hmm. you know, um, Evan Chambers and uh, our our wonderful Paul Schoenfield, Kristen Custer, don't we love her? Everybody there is uh, uh, Eric Santos. They're all incredible composers that inspire great me. Great faculty. So, oh my god. So, yeah, Viviana, <laughs> I have to say that the youth, the youthful composers are really are getting to me right now. Really inspiring me. Yeah, well, that's what we're finding as well. The Flute U Trio has a competition every year. And we're just astounded by the young talent out there. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Beautiful. High, mm-hmm. Even high school students who are just have just original, quirky, yep. interesting voices. Oh, my gosh. Can I, can, I, can I brag? Can I brag on my student? Brandy? Sure. Yes. Brandy Huddleston? <laughs> she just, she, uh, her beatboxing uh, pieces just our flute quartet and her piece uh, just won the NFA newly published music award like this week. And oh my so goodness! Yeah, fabulous. So, so this brings up a point uh, that I never understood until now: that when you have students that can do something you can't, <laughs> you leave <laughs> off. <laughs> you say, "Okay, <laughs> go ahead, beatbox. I don't think I'm going to do that, but you go ahead and do." That. <laughs> so I'm I'm here to say I'm I'm not going to beatbox, ladies. But Brandy. Uh, <laughs> Brandy's made us proud, and uh, she's going to be that composer who can cross over. And uh, mm-hmm. so, all you beatboxing flutists out there, look look for the Brandy Huddleston pieces. Oh yeah, Brandy has yeah. the best inhaled PSSP sound. I, I can't even do it. I'm just going to say PSSP. <laughs> I can't do it. That, that's, that's me doing it. Right can you imagine her lessons with me? I would sit there and go, "Wow." <laughs> I, I I can't even tell you what I thought beatboxing was. I thought somebody was banging on a box, and students said, "No, Professor Porter, they're doing it with her mouth." <laughs> <laughs> not easy. It's oh, not, not everyone can no. do it. I, I oh I no, can't. it ruins my embouchure completely. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm pretty pretty classically hardcore, you know, uh, mainstream, and I'm here to make CDs not for myself but for the students and just represent what the best of classical music can bring them and then kind of stop. I know I know, Jeannie Batchester stopped at about Dario Sequenza, so I think I'm leaving off at beatboxing. <laughs> beatboxing for you. Viviana, I think you can beatbox. Oh, my God. Yeah. I came out doing it on the, the TED Talk. That's, right, right, right. That's right. That's right. Well, I can't beatbox. I don't know. I'm I, I'm like you, Amy. It's That's not one of my... Um, although I can put my tongue through, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try to make these strange sounds. It's it's kind of fun, but um, that's something I think I'm too good at. So I think we should make the point to everyone that we should just do what we're good at and represent what we're good at. Well, it goes right along with what you just said because, you know, Brandy is doing what, you know, what what inspires her. And uh-huh. and we we all you know we all can't be everything. Otherwise, it would be kind of boring, wouldn't it? Yep. If everyone exactly. would be playing the same pieces. Yeah, it'd be boring. <laughs> it's always amazing uh, to me how 
different. Everybody, the things that interest people, each person is different and exciting, and and uh, you know that's what that's what makes it makes music exciting. Amy, we only have under two minutes left, and for parting comments, I would like to know what. Well, you've already given us some of the advice that you give to young players, but do you have anything that would sort of uh, Goldian axioms of Amy Porter? <laughs> oh, well, I gave you a big one, which is do what you love and love what you do. Yeah. And the other one is yeah. really expect for everything to go wrong, and when it doesn't, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live in the now. <laughs> anything you're thinking of doing, it's, it's probably going to be different. Uh, really, uh, I've lived a life that is uh, rich with uh, experience, and no one could have ever warned me. So uh, just, just you know, look as far as you can to the future, but no, no further, because a lot of us have, you know, delusions of grandeur. I'm going to play in an orchestra. Well, I was going to also, and then I decided against it. So do what you love and love what you yeah. do. That's wonderful. Go. Thank you. Well, I, Ladies, I'm thank so you. happy. Uh, the only thing better would be sitting around with coffee like the real view, you know? Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> NFA. Well, we'll do thank it you. NFA. Let's do it at NFA. Yeah, we'll do it at NFA. Okay. Thank you, okay. Amy. I'm, I'm, closing with, I'm closing with some music. Amy Porter playing the Hugh Fantasy. Uh, Yay. Thank you, Amy. Yay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Radio.